You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the SportsStuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on board to talk the Wild, talk about the Wild and the NHL here today. Once again, it is the annual season preview for 2016-2017 in this case. Awesome. Great to be back on board. Almost two months since the last show. Not a whole lot has happened since then, unfortunately, but now we're ready uh, to get to get things going here, you got preseason hockey training camp. The players getting used to the new coach. The coach getting used to the new players. He's talking to a lot of them, just trying to get to know each other, them to know him, him to know them. Pretty cool. We'll see how things turn out with that. The preseason so far not been kind to the Wild, but it's mostly been kind of a get your feet wet type of situation. Bruce Boudreau not really necessarily looking for wins in the preseason. It's mostly analyzing this guy, that guy, where to put everyone who makes the team, and all that good stuff. You know, you know the typical stuff in a way, but with a new coach, it's going to be, you know, you, you, you got to have a feel-out process, and that's exactly what's taking place. First segment will be all about the Wild. Second segment will be the NHL season preview, and we'll throw in some fan interaction if there is any. It's been pretty quiet on the Facebook, but we'll check anyway, of course, and hopefully we'll get some more uh, interaction into the next show. Been quiet the past few, the past uh, about six weeks since the last show. I recorded on the last day of July, where I, I, you know, just hoping and praying for a trade for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but of course that never did happen. So let's jump right into that season preview immediately. Of course, the comings and goings. The comings, the guys coming in, Eric Stahl, Chris Stewart, Alex Stalock. We all know about that. That was on free agency way back on July 1st, and since then it's been pretty quiet for the most part. The guy, the guys on their way out, Thomas Vanek and Nicholas Backstrom were bought out. Ryan Carter ultimately wasn't re-signed, but now he's been brought back for uh, training camp, uh, inventee, all that, you know, training camp, tryout, all that. There's a good chance he'll be back at the end of the day. Chris Porter not back either. And that's fine with me. The guy wasn't that good. Ryan Carter is the better of the two. Good to know that they picked him between the the two of those guys. And Carter obviously can play center along with Tyre Grayovac and such. The fourth line pretty much left open for prospects who earn it. And along with the veteran, again, Ryan Carter. Um, Stewart likely will fill one of the three spots unless he's moved up to the third line, which could happen on occasion. Even uh, short instances on the second line because Bruce Boudreaux does like him. 
It all just depends, but really, he'll be in the bottom six most of the time. Thomas Fleischman was was also brought in as a tryout. He looked like a real good, you know, like a, a solid player, but ultimately, he was going to be on the fourth line, probably on open night, but failed his physical and was let go, and it's a shame with things taking place there. They called him good luck elsewhere, kind of a blood clot situation with Thomas Fleischman. They're not really sure where to go with that, so... They ended up letting him go. A solid player in in the past, but uh, we don't. I guess we don't really need to get into him now because it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, I, I may jump back into him later on if need be, if I if I feel the need to. But uh, Bruce Boudreau has started uh, stated numerous times that he's never had anyone go over uh, time the time on ice greater than twenty four minutes, which would be a starch contrast to Mikey O with Ryan Suter, who before <laughs> would be in the upper twenties to low thirties at times, which is insane. He would pretty much lead the league in time on ice. Clearly, there will be more respect in the locker room where uh, this accomplished coach not only will will not openly cater to veterans, which was a huge undoing of Mike Yo every single year. I mean, it was every year you had the same old situation where veterans would get favored and such, and it just drove people crazy. Sorry about that. I bumped something. Um, Zach Parisi is healthy by all accounts, and there is mutual respect from player and coach. There was all they also went to dinner together and. Uh, it was pretty cool. Seemed to have them to be on a good rapport. Uh, would be an addition from within to have a healthy and productive Parisi once again. Ryan Suter with less minutes should only perform better. As the as the famous Suter was gassed. Suter was gassed. That 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 line will no longer be an excuse for horrible breakdowns. He, this guy needed a reality check, and hopefully he'll be getting one with Bruce Boudreau. Charlie Coyle, obviously a huge key to this season's success. He needs to eclipse the 25 to 30 goal mark. No exceptions. Preferably the 30 mark, of course, but we, we've waited long enough now. We've seen the potential out of Charlie Coyle. It's time to see the product once and for all when you, when you, when you're talking about Charlie Coyle i mean he has so much skill so many elusive moves it, it, it seems like whenever he does score it's a great goal and the ability's there it's just the consistency um last year you saw goal after goal after goal during like january february into and 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 then all of a sudden at the beginning of march it just all stopped and then he finally added one goal in the dallas series and that was it just imagine if charlie coyle kept things going Last season, that would have been that would have been spectacular. He would have easily eclipsed the thirty goal mark. He might have even got to thirty five ish. I mean, it, it was heartbreaking to see it all kind of just stop. He finished with twenty one goals on the season. He reached his twentieth goal on March the first, ladies and gentlemen. Far, Mar- March far, <laughs> March the first. Um, he had six power play points on the year. Just a very talented young man is Charlie Coyle. Really hope he can. This this has got to be the year that he breaks through. It, it has to. Um, then you don't have to rely quite as much on, on Parisi and Suter in terms of just carrying the loads, so to speak. And, you know, obviously Parisi needs to stay healthy. He's had so many freak injuries, like the puck off the lab, off the foot, stuff like that. It, it's frustrating. And, of course, the back injury during last season, which a lot of people didn't even know about until later on because it was just a mystery. Like, why is Parisi struggling so much? And at the end of the day, it makes sense. Uh, other extremely important players, uh, Mikhail Granlund and Eric Holla, can they continue the momentum they built under Torchetti last year? Granlin absolutely has to, or more than likely the Wild will move on next summer because clearly he, I mean, but but clearly he has the skill. He has the skill, so there's really no excuse for Granlin to not break loose, especially with a especially with a guy in uh, Bruce Boudreau, very capable 
of uh, running a very successful offense. Eric Halla works so well with Torchetti. I really hope he can continue that momentum. I mean, that would be huge. But um, Halla is an, is, is an invaluable NHL talent who can be a game changer. He really can with that speed and his defensive ability. It'll be fun to see what strides he can make under Boudreaux this year. Um, all the same above at the end of the day for Nino Niederreiter. Very talented. Uh, he, he's a He's a goal scorer, definitely. He's shown it. His physical strength, he can hit, but he's always inconsistent. Year in, year out. Nino Niederreiter, huge key this year. It's it's these three guys right there that have, uh, you know, Charlie Coyle, I think, is a step above those three. But that's that's the next group right there, without a doubt. Those guys are integral parts of the success of this team. And if, if, boy, if they can produce this season, uh, the Wild will be in a very good position. It's make or break for Jason Zucker. His explosive speed, elusive scoring moves, and two-way play make him ever so valuable. But last season, well, he was nothing short of a nightmare. Most people expect Zucker to have a strong rebound under Boudreaux. But again, yet to be seen. You just don't know. Jason Zucker has had in-and-out seasons. Um, he looked so good uh, two years ago and then again last season. Really struggled. Uh, had a short little stretch with Torchetti last year where he looked really good. Again, that's everybody. Like Jason Pominville and such. But... It's just, (laughs) it's unbelievable when you think about uh, how in and out you could be. And again, when he finally started playing better, he got hurt again. And the same thing with Pominville. Just really frustrating how things turned out with that. But hopefully Zucker can finally get things rolling. Again, those are all the major integral parts of this team. Of course, you have the defense player, defense uh, defenseman. Pardon me, Jared Spurgeon. I thought was the most viable player on the entire team last year. How can you not like Jared Spurgeon? Two-way player and all that. Remember when he got hurt? The Wild were zero and six. I mean, they lost all six games when he was out, and the Wild almost missed the playoffs. Then he comes back. They win a couple and then clinch the playoff berth. Rock and roll, Jared Spurgeon. Just, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, I, I'm glad the Wild didn't trade him. It's one thing if you have to to get a talented player, but you wish it would be somebody else. Uh, Matt Dumba, again, another guy. Hopefully, can continue making strides. He's looking all right in the preseason. That's a good sign. That powerful shot. You'll be seeing multiple power play units this year. That's good, rather than just one. That's another thing Boudreaux was talking about. There'll be two power play units. Expect to see Dumba on the point with that powerful shot. Uh, hopefully on a regular basis. That would be really good. Because that's the one thing Suter doesn't have is a powerful shot. Yeah, he'll get a trillion assists and be a good power play quarterback. But the shot is not that powerful. And, and Dumba's is. So, got to factor that in. You got to factor it in. Oh boy, uh, Scandella really needs to rebound. He had a very, very disappointing season last year. You had, obviously, he had a death in the family, a la Parisi, a la Suter. His, his father died as well, and it affected him greatly. Had a very disappointing season last year. He was very vi- barely visible. Well, what's going on? That's like dyslexia. <laughs> but um, Scandella, again, another guy who needs to get back to his, the form of two years ago, if he could do that. I mean, when you pretty much saw him as as the best defenseman, even better than Spurgeon. Two years ago, Scandella was looked on as the top defenseman on the wild against Suter, not named as that guy because even though he puts up the numbers and and in all the magazines, all the all the previews and stuff, he's looked on as like one of the top players on the wild and, and obviously one of the best defensemen in the NHL. But there's other guys on this team capable of being extremely good defensemen against Spurgeon and Scandella definitely fit that bill and maybe Dumba at some point. So let's get into the next wave of hopefuls. Remember how there was that wave of Granlin, Coyle, uh, Granlin, Granlin, right? That Nita Ryder, who we didn't think was going to be much necessarily, but we were giving him a shot. He gave up a, you, all, you did, all you did was give up Clutterbuck to get him. 
and then he turned out to be a good player. You got others, you know, Eric Halla. But now you got the next wave, another young wave, which is good. This is why Chuck Fletcher still has his job, because there's still something there. Like I ranted about on the last episode, Doug Reisner, you, you, there, there was never a wave. There was nothing. You were hopeful, hopeful, hoping and praying to God that the first round pick from three years ago might make the roster this year. And then he still wouldn't. And if he did, he'd get three points like Colton Gillies. Or in the case of Tyler Kuma, you never saw him ever play. And it was just so sad. Always hurt. And when he did play, he was mediocre at best. And then you could just go on forever and ever and ever. I mean, Colton Gillies, yuck. So Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, first runner of Boston College in 2014, performed particularly well last year in the spring in the NCAA tournament. He had three goals, got to help the team get to the Frozen Four. Very cool. Uh, Tuck is is most lucky is the most likely project prospect to make the team outright. I don't know why I'm, <laughs> but the versatile and point producing offensive game that the team desperately needs. I mean, it would be really nice to see Alex Tuck make the roster. We'll see. I mean, it's all a matter of. It's all a matter of time with him, ultimately. I think he'll be on the NHL roster at some point this year, maybe in the uh, the get-go, maybe uh, later in the year. Another guy, though, it's kind of between these three guys that I'm about to mention. Joel Erickson-Eck, who's been really good. I mean, amazing in the preseason. Um, Limited playing time, but when he's out there, he looks absolutely fantastic. Same with Granlin, by the way, who looks to have been taking the next step. You've been hearing that from the uh, Pat Michelettis of the world. That is really, really nice to hear that hopefully Mikhail Granlund really is heading to that next step. And he needs to. This is this is it. I mean, this is the second year of the two-year bridge deal for Mikhail Granlund. Uh, is he heading to a, a greener pasture, hopefully here, or is he going downhill? That That's the thing. I mean, uh, it's obviously the dreaded contract year, but at the same time, hey, take advantage of it. Let's make a run, baby. But Joel Erickson-Eck, who was taken in the 2015 draft, first-round pick, has been looked upon as the best prospect in the entire wild system. He's a two-way two-way player who has no real weak spot to his game. Erickson, you know, he also brings a great offensive talent that this team needs from its youth. It really is necessary. Uh, he's capable of making spectacular plays a la Granlund when he was coming in, remember. So similar in that sense, he can play center and left wing. Alex Tuck is a right winger. Erickson, yeah, he, he might end up being the fourth line center coming in. But uh, I would really love to see him, I mean, with what he can bring. Uh, I'm really excited to see Joel Erickson. Heck, I think he's going to be a very productive player in the NHL. Alex Tuck could be that as well. This is the good news. You have two pretty big prospects there. And then you have Coonan much later on coming around. He's going to he's a natural goal scorer from Wisconsin. Uh, Tyler Grayavok, seventh-round pick, baby. Seventh-round pick. And was <laughs> not long ago was, was seen as another seventh-round sleeper from Chuck Fletcher, just like Eric Kala. Granlin Grayovac last season, he he made the team outright as the fourth line center and was injured in the first game of the season. It was just unbelievable. And most people believe that Grayovac will once again win that role, but it's yet to be set in stone, especially with Ryan Carter around because not because Carter's so good, but it's just well he's kind of ready to go. And if Grayovac isn't, they'll just go they'll just go with the comfort move with Ryan Carter at least early on. Tyler Grayovac, very pivotal season for him. Um, He's a little bit older than Erickson Eck and Alex Tuck. And uh, it'd be nice to see him make the team. He's big. He's talented. He did well in the in the, uh, the AHL two years ago. Uh, another guy, again, two years ago. I mean, <laughs> two years ago, things looked so good, didn't they? Uh, obviously, Alex Tuck and Joel Erickson Eck, there was no chance they are going to make the NHL roster at that stage, where this year there is a shot. 
But, um, man, I mean, all these guys, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? Jason Zucker, <laughs> Tyler Grayovac, obviously Mikhail Granlund. Um, you could go on forever with which which guy was better two years ago and, and, and this and that. Um, luckily, Eric Holler, though, did take that huge step last season. That was the positive and such. Uh, Scandella was the other guy. I was almost blanking on that one. Um, obviously, he's a veteran now, a young veteran, but a veteran. Gustav Olison, speaking of defensemen, he was slow to start off last season in Iowa, but under John Torchetti, he really he really made some significant strides in his offensive game. A lot of people see him as a stay-home defenseman, but he's got offensive talent, and, and he's talked about it in the past. Unfortunately, uh, the year, well, see, the year before, he injured one of his shoulders, and then last year, when he was making those positive strides under John Torchetti in Iowa, he injured his other shoulder and missed the rest of the season. And that was it. It was so disappointing. I mean, he started really taking advantage. He was on the power play. He was he was adding assist after assist, showing some significant signs of improvement. And it was nice. And the hope is that he will do that this season and, and that he will stay healthy. Uh, if he's able to do that, don't be surprised to see Olofsson called up at some point this season. He's a, he was a second-round pick a few years back. Uh, Mike Riley will be on the NHL roster, uh, barring a huge surprise. Mario Lachia needs another year or so, a la Chuck Fletcher. I mean, according to Chuck Fletcher, but he's he's at least getting time out there in the preseason, which is nice. Nice to see him out there, uh, along with former Gophers defenseman Nick Sealer and UMD's Carson Soucy. They're about a year or so away. We'll see, though. Nick Steeler, a lot of people like him. Uh, another late-round pick for Chuck Fletcher that might end up being something in the league. And hopefully Carson Soucy, also fifth-round pick out of UMD. A lot of people like him. Big, strong, stay-at-home defenseman. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch the former Quinnipiac high scorer, eight center Sam Anas. At minimum, he'll be, he'll be fun to keep up with in Iowa during this season. And who knows? Maybe he'll be one of those little engines that could. One of those free agent signings you, know, you got out of college. High scorer. He's very small. Uh, is he another Brian Bonin where he was an elite college player and maybe he'll put up really good minor league numbers and not contribute to the National Hockey League? We'll see. I, I hope so, though. I, I hope he's able to... I hope he's able to make it to the NHL roster, at least for his sake. It'd be fun to watch. I mean, why not, right? <laughs> I would love to see Samanas. Goaltending, obviously, is as pivotal as it gets, just like pitching in baseball. Uh, Darcy Kemper has not looked good in the preseason so far. Devin Dubnik, nothing special either. They're two very good goalies, two very big goalies with a lot of talent. It's all between the years, like they always say, especially with Darcy Kemper. Lots of talent, lots of youth. When he's on, he's spectacular. When he's off, he sucks. Uh, Devin Dubnik was consistently mediocre last season after a consistent awesome year the year before. Of course, that was a miracle run. You can't expect that to happen time and time and time again. But we would like a rebound of a season from Devin Dubnik. He had some very disappointing games last year, uh, and it kept happening. Uh, of course, the defense in front of him was disappointing. The puck possession was not good. The, the entire, just the whole feel of the uh, of the team last year for an extended period of time was terrible, and it weighed on everybody. Uh, there was not much chemistry. The puck movement wasn't good. There were, there were lazy players on the team. There were unhappy players on the team, and of course, injured players playing, which wasn't good either, because Zacharisi probably should have been out longer than he was in terms of he was playing hurt, and it was not helping. Uh, stuff like that. Ryan Suter was getting too many minutes. That does not help. He's gassed. Oh, Suter was gassed, according to Mike Yo. Suter should not be gassed and be on the ice. Uh, you're leaving your goalie out to dry. You're hanging him out to dry. What are you doing? So that's those are multiple reasons probably why Mike Yo shouldn't be here. 
Uh, he's not a bad coach. He's not a bad hockey mind, but not for this roster and not with the way things were heading. And if he was going to make dramatic changes, I don't know. I don't know how the team would even respond to it, being it's the same guy trying to change everything. That's the problem. You just have to change the whole person. Uh, change it to a new coach, and the Wild did that and brought in a big name, and that's the hope that this will make a big change for the roster, which I think is talented enough to compete for a Stanley Cup. Uh, I, I think the team is, is talented enough, especially just certain guys need to play up to their ability. That's what's important. And, of course, the fourth line. You're going to get one of these young guys on there. Tyler Tyler Grayavok has a good chance to be the center, and then... Man, you might see Erickson Eck at left and Tuck at right. And I don't know. Wouldn't I mean? I, I don't know if you're going to get all three of those guys in the fourth line. Very doubtful, obviously. Well, Chris Stewart, of course, is going to be there. So you won't see both of them right now. And eventually, those guys, one of them, is going to beat somebody out for the second, or second, maybe even top line one day. That'll be very cool. Where Grayavak is going to be a bottom six, I believe, barring some kind of huge shocker. He's more of a big, physical type of guy who can score. That's that. That sounds like a third liner when he's at the at his peak potential. But for right now, definitely fourth line at this stage. Really hoping to see Joel Erickson Eck out there at some point this year. I can't wait to see him actually play rather than just, you know, have to relegate to YouTube or reading about it, which again, I'm not complaining about that. It's better than what you had in the past, I suppose. But um, seeing live, seeing him live will be just awesome. Uh, Alex Tuck, again, performed very well in, in the NCAA tournament last year. I think that's a Pretty good, pretty good indicator that he's gonna that he's he's close to NHL ready, if not completely at this stage. Of course, their rookie year, they're probably not gonna stand out as much as they will in their second, third year, and that's that's when things really get exciting. You just hope that the production level can pick up before the Parisians and Suiters get too old, and of course, Devin Dubnik again, huge uh, as big a key to this season as anybody else. If he plays consistently better this year than last year, the Wild success will be strong, and I think they can finish. Um, I think they can finish second or third this year. I'm going to go with third. I'm going to stick on third. I was thinking second at one point. I actually was saying that earlier, but this is the official season preview. I'm going to say the Wild finished third in the, the, but then they will be a division leader. That's the good part. Um, I'm looking forward to that possibility. (laughs) The Wild will finish third in the Central Division. That'll be nice. Uh, Chicago. Uh, it'll be between Chicago and Nashville. Uh, no, no, no. Chicago and Dallas will be 1-2 in any order. Maybe Dallas first, Chicago second, Minnesota third. Um, and I think St. Louis will be competing. Yeah, I will be talking about that though later. So I'm kind of getting ahead of myself with that. Um, uh, so do the Wild make the playoffs? Yes. Uh, as long as as long as we don't have like a just an absolute bloodbath of injuries, I pray to God that doesn't happen because we've it's happened so many freaking times. So as long as a good number of players can stay healthy, at least for a decent amount of time, you don't have any long-term injuries or several of them, that type of thing. Guys can stay healthy. Certain guys play better than they did last year because you know they can play better than they did last year. It's not just all wishful thinking, kumbaya. They, they can play better. Jason Zucker can play better. Nito Niederreiter can be more consistent. David Dubnik can easily be better. Darcy Camper can easily be better than he was last year. And that's the other thing, too. You want to get to a point where you're comfortable with Darcy Kemper in net, that he can play 25 to 30 games this season. He can actually start that many. So you don't have to go with Dubnik, 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 Dubnik. I mean, it's too many times Dubnik played on back-to-backs. That's not good. Uh, Kemper needs to be good enough that Dubnik will be able to get some rest this year. You don't want to have him out there constantly because he might get hurt. And that be one of, and that's usually one of the reasons 
why a goalie does struggle. Maybe they have certain type of nagging injuries that you don't hear about in the media. And that's why they're stuck in. That's why they're giving up four goals to the St. Louis Blues or the or the freaking <laughs> or the freaking Flames or something. So that that's a huge key coming into the year. You need just just like Ryan Suter, so to speak, having him getting less minutes, time on ice, so to speak, less shifts, all that. You need to have less stars for Devin Dubnik this year. I mean, he will perform significantly better if that's the case. That we used to talk about that with Backstrom. Constantly, and I think with the, with a better coach and Bruce Boudreaux, you'll see more of that, more of more things kind of consolidating <laughs> better than they did under Mike Yo or even John Torchetti. So there it is. Uh, the Wild will make the playoffs, and they will finish third in the Central. Third last season was a struggle, but the Wild still snuck in barely. It was nice to see them make it, but mm, they really had to, <laughs> to struggle to get there, didn't they? Eighth seed. I, I mean, an eighth seed would be really disappointing. I think the Wild will be fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth in the, uh, and maybe sixth in the uh, Western Conference this year. But fourth or fifth, more than likely, for the Wild. I, I think you're going to see a lot better play. I mean, you have Parisi miss as much time as he did, and you still make the playoffs. That's good. I mean, Parisi was basically a non-factor the whole second half of the season. He was invisible. So there you go. Um, that's it. There you go. We'll we'll stop for now, and we'll come back and preview the NHL right after this. <laughs> Season preview, second segment. So let's talk about the NHL preview, and then we'll get to fan interaction a bit. Probably not a whole lot on there, but maybe there'll be something. Just a little bit, basically. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, So the Eastern Conference. Well, the Eastern Conference last season, you had Washington with that great record. You had Pittsburgh win the whole enchilada. You had Tampa Bay making these great strides. It was a positive for the NHL in those senses, but... What's going to happen this year? I mean, it's all last year now. you got this defending champ- champions. I don't think they're going to repeat, but that's uh, obviously going to be getting ahead of things. Very talented team, though. They should still be in the mix at the end of the day. But will they will they be able to repeat right now? I don't think so. I think Tampa Bay will still be strong. Uh, but then we've got to have the flop, the surprise. I think Washington. I think Washington, after the strong season, great record. And it's just this whole vibe of can they ever do it? And it's like probably not. Despite the fact they have a good goalie, good defense, and one of the best scorers in the NHL. A great goalie, actually, in Holtby. But I think the Washington Capitals are going to flop this year. I think they're going to drop off. They'll still be in the playoffs. They'll still compete. They'll be competitive, all that. But are they going to go a long way, though? Um, No. I, I, I just don't think so. Maybe they'll get to the second round. But... I mean, after a season like that, still coming up with nothing, that, that's, that's bull crap. Uh, the surprise in the Eastern Conference, I think Toronto will improve a lot. Uh, the youth movement, the great coach, Toronto should improve. They're not going to make the playoffs or anything, but you'll see strides. They'll surprise some people. They'll, be, they'll annoy. <laughs> They're going to annoy a lot of people out there that think, uh, oh, it's Toronto, you know, we can beat them, and then... Wow, they lost four to one last night. What the hell? It's, you're going to see stuff like that from Toronto. Maybe three to two type of games. You got Babcock and and a lot of young uh, players starting to come in now from the draft and such. Toronto should be better. Um, 
the conference final, I think Tampa Bay and Florida will get in the conference final. You got you got uh, Yarmer Yager back in Florida again for one more year. Pro- I, will this be his final year? I, every year you think that's probably it. Nope, and uh, he's back again. I think Florida's going to go a long way. I don't think the New York Rangers are going to be exciting. I, I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to make much of a move. I don't think Pittsburgh will get to the conference final again. It, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of a year in year out thing. Pittsburgh is going to have a strong season, but I don't, I, I just don't see it. Tampa Bay though is going to be right back there in the conference finals. In my humble opinion, they should be very strong in all Florida conference final. That's probably not something a lot of hockey fans want to see. I think you'd rather see the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but, of course, they traded away P.K. Supan to the National Predators, which doesn't make me feel really happy. That kind of pisses me off, but it is what it is. Kind of a mix of defensemen getting traded around there. Montreal should be better as well, though. That was actually a good trade for both sides at the end of the day. Um, good on, good in some ways, bad in others, you could say, for Montreal. But, man, I mean, will a Canadian team even make the playoffs this year? It's like, geez, they did not one Canadian team made the playoffs last year. Like, that, that was strange. I say yes, Montreal's going to be back in, and you might see someone in the Eastern Conference as well, and I don't think it's going to be Vancouver. I think Vancouver's on their way way down. A lot of uh, magazines out there actually have the Vancouver Canucks finishing in last place in, the, in, in their division, the Pacific Division, and uh, don't be surprised if that does happen. Really, um, there's better teams out there, like like Edmonton getting better, Calgary and such. I don't think Vancouver's going even, to even compete at all this year. I think Calgary has a good chance to make it uh, as we head into the uh, Western Conference. St. Louis Blues, I don't have a really good feel thing, feel about them either. Just like the Washington Capitals, just like the Washington Capitals, they finally get far and they still don't get a, they don't still don't get the job done. And then the goalie goes to Calgary. Brian Elliott goes to Calgary, so it's all on Jake Allen now in St. Louis, who's shows talent and then he's inconsistent. One minute you think, wow, he's a he's a really good goalie. They really have a nice young talented goalie there, and then. What the hell? He just gave up another just another softy. What the hell is up with that? They didn't get to the Stanley Cup Finals. They still haven't been there since the late 60s. Uh, I think the St. Louis Blues are going to drop off and they're not going to be in the division leaders this year for the first time in a while. And that's too bad. Uh, and then Mike Yo is going to take over to be head coach of the St. Louis Blues. That's going to be funny. But it is what it is there. Uh, I think the surprise in the Western Conference will be the Calgary Flames with their strong youth. This is the first time I'm not picking Edmonton in forever, so watch. Edmonton's going to be, like, really good this year. They're going to be, like, third place in the uh, Western Conference uh, leaders. But I think uh, Calgary Flames have a very good chance of being one of those teams. I think they will be in the playoffs. They'll be dangerous. They have Brian Elliott now. Uh, they have, uh, yeah, their their young talent is 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 legitimate. Um and they're getting some national recognition in that case. And then you add a nice goalie like that. Calgary should be in the mix. They'll be third, at least, in the Pacific Division. They'll be a surprise. They'll be dangerous in the playoffs as well. But the conference finals, unfortunately, I don't see the Wild there right now. Last year, I did. I had the Minnesota Wild in the conference finals last year. I was even going as far as to think they were going to play the New York Islanders in the, <laughs> the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup Finals. I was hoping for that. But no, um, the New York Islanders will be in the playoffs again. But I, you know, I'm almost tempted to put them instead of the Florida Panthers in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm really tempted to do that. But I'll stick with Florida for now. Florida, Florida. I mean, it, it's just I don't know. I mean, it's kind of out there, but I think it's possible. I'll say New York is like the next most likely team to get there, though. <laughs> Tampa, and, uh, excuse me. 
not Tampa, Chicago and Dallas, I think, will be in the conference finals. I think Chicago will be back in the conference finals. I wish they would miss the playoffs. I wish it was all over, but I don't think so. I mean, Patrick Kane really made some some huge strides last year after the rape allegations. Just comes back as the best season of his career, leading scorer in the NHL, and I think he's just still he's still getting better, and that's unfortunate for us. Uh, barring any type of injury in Chicago, some type of major injury or some unseen BS going on. BS in their side, but wonderful thing for us. Chicago will be back in the mix in a huge way, and they will play the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Finals. The Stars will make that next step. We'll get to the Conference Finals. They will finish in first place in, in, the, in the Central Division, and they will not win the Western Conference. The Blackhawks will. Doggone it. I'd actually, you know, I mean, those are our two most hated teams, i got to think, here in Minnesota, Chicago and Dallas. And that's what's going to happen, though. They're the two best teams in the Western Conference, as far as I'm concerned. Anaheim will compete, but they will not be great. Um, they, they just won't. <laughs> Chicago's still there, man. I mean, like it or not, I want to believe this, the Wild could beat Chicago or Dallas this year, but I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to say they can compete with them, and who knows. But at this moment, at this time, here in October... The very first day of October. God, I can't believe it's October. Wow, get your pink hats and shirts and all. Okay, never mind. Shoes, I guess. Socks. Ready. <laughs> Skates. <laughs> oh, whatever, right? Um, but unfortunately, at this moment, I got to pick Chicago, Dallas. At this moment, all subjects to change. Go get them. But this is the one that counts for the season. You, you have to pick it now before the season starts. And I'm going Chicago versus Dallas. Western Conference Finals. And I'm having a rematch of the 2015 Stanley Cup Finals, Tampa Bay versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Tampa Bay versus the Chicago Blackhawks. And this time, Tampa Bay wins it all. Tampa Bay will win the Stanley Cup this year, barring injury. Steven Stamkos has got to play better than he did last time around. He disappeared in the postseason. The, the, the Lightning went to the finals last year, or two years ago. They were so strong. And then all of a sudden, Steven Stamkos just disappeared as the play during the playoff run, especially particularly late in it, and it was unbelievable. They still competed against Chicago, but the Blackhawks were just better at that time. Um, Tampa Bay got back to the conference final last year, and they really looked—they actually looked better this year, this this 2016 than they did the year before. But they ran into the Pittsburgh Penguins, so it's like back-to-back years they ran into the the champion. They ran into the best team in the league, the team playing better than anybody else anyway. And that was Pittsburgh last year. Um, Tampa Bay is going to be that team this year. Um, this is their year, in my opinion. Uh, Steve Eiserman has done a wonderful job in Tampa, Florida. Just awesome. Uh, they, they deserve a lot of uh, He deserves a lot of credit and the players developing under him. And I do believe, in good faith, that Steven Stamkos will show up this time around and will help lead Ben Bishop and others, <laughs> their, their star goalie, to a Stanley Cup championship in Tampa Bay, which will be the second championship for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Their first one was against the Calgary Flames back in 04, right before the lockout. Very cool Cinderella kind of finalist there between those two. Tampa Bay was the more legit team where Calgary was an eighth seed. They made an awesome playoff run and forced the seventh game. But Tampa Bay was the, was the team waiting for them and finished the job. This time, I think they will be that team again. They will finish in first place in their division, and they will win the Stanley Cup, in my humble opinion. The Tampa Bay Lightning. So there you go. Get your Lightning hats ready, right? <laughs> okay, I don't know. I've always kind of liked that team, and the good part is that they're on the other side. So it's easier to like Eastern Conference teams than Western Conference teams. Um, I like Calgary, too, to a point. I mean, all the history with them, the North Stars, it was kind of fun. I've loved their uniform, their colors, and everything. 
Edmonton should make some significant steps forward this year as well. I mean, Connor McDavid is just going to keep getting better. They still have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, much to my chagrin. I would have loved him here. Uh, they traded away Adam Hall, which I, I didn't really like that move. They brought in a defenseman who isn't that great, but he's good, I guess. Uh, stay at home and such. So, I mean, it is what it is there. Good good luck to them. Uh, but again, the the talent... The, uh, the the talent in the front from um, <laughs> the front lines for that team should be spectacular. Adam Larson was the guy acquired. Definitely a stay-at-home type. Fourth overall pick in 2011. Still a strong prospect in that sense. Hasn't been a scorer as much, but still the stay-at-home strong defense in which again Edmonton did need and they do need. That should help them improve greatly. Adam Larson will be that anchor defenseman along with the very talented front uh, players where we're willing to give up Adam Hall to get him. So there you go. New Jersey, <laughs> I expect Adam Hall to go out there and help New Jersey next year be one of their leading scorers as well, though, in that sense. A good trade for both teams, in a sense, in, in terms of need. Uh, you kind of had a feeling that the whole Ryan Nugent Hopkins thing was over at that point, unless you're going to give up Jared Spurgeon, not Matt Dumba, and I don't think we were going to be able to be willing to do that. But uh, now the hope is Mikhail Granlin, maybe he could be the Ryan Nugent Hopkins or someone else. Joel Erickson, heck, maybe he'll be the Ryan Nugent Hopkins for the Wild in the coming years and such. That would be greatly appreciated. For Twitter, there's at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Do give that a follow. It would be appreciated. No interaction on there since the last show. It's been pretty quiet, obviously. Um, for Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. But also, I'd like you to call into to the show. That would be greatly appreciated. The phone line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild and leave your statement, shout out, question, comment, and such. That would be greatly appreciated. And of course, there's the call now button on the Facebook page. If you're international or local, just click it there. That's all you got to do. You can even have your Facebook, uh, you can do it on your cell phone. Just click the call now button. Boom, there you are. And you're calling in to Brave the Wild. Um, again, mention what show you're calling it to because you're actually calling the sportsstuff.com. Nobody answers the phone. Don't worry. It is a voicemail. So don't worry. You don't have to talk to anybody if you're worried about that. Just give your wild commentary. It'll be greatly appreciated. Um, also, if you want to go a different route and use your, use your phone with a, uh, your smartphone uh, voice recorder, use that. Keep it to about a minute or two and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Uh, and, uh, Facebook also very, very quiet since the last show. I've got some likes though, some new people, hopefully they're listeners to the show. And if you are welcome aboard, thank you very much for joining and please tell your friends about the show. Um, then there was a goofy play. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't know. It was a crazy, I don't know what it was. I don't even know what it was. A uh, Russian player just kind of picking a stick up, picking a stick up with the puck on it and throwing it like a spear into the net. That was kind of funny. I don't know what that was all about, but again, not a legal play. It was funny though. It looked like Secret of Evermore and uh, Chad Oli was saying, not legal, dumbass. Why? <laughs> oh man. And he said the whole other team would have beat the, the shit out of him if he hits the goalie. He's just a showboat. Use your brain, dude. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. Chad Ole. Wow. I think he hates my guts. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Oh, he does like the page since last... Uh, that's good. Since last uh, October. Last October. So, if Chad's still listening, that would be nice. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> and no, it wasn't illegal play. And I did not write the, wow, what a dumbass. I don't know who wrote that. 
Hmm. I don't know who wrote that. That might have been Neil. I, I don't know. But um, I don't know if I made... I don't even know who I made the... What you call it? The uh, admin anymore. I don't know if it was Neil or Sebastian. Oh, well. I mean, because it's been a while. It's been a while since I've even... Uh, I don't even remember naming anybody an admin on the page. But, uh, Chad, if you're listening, I didn't write that. So, just letting you know there. Thank you all so much for listening. This show a little bit shorter than my previous previews for uh, Brave the Wild. But it's probably because I kept up with the team more in the off season, And there wasn't a whole lot of news other than the coach. And I've had several shows since then. So it's not like an hour show this time around. It kind of kept up better this year. So it's a good thing, really. It's easier for me, and it keeps you updated a little more, and you don't have to listen to the show as long, I suppose. (laughs) See, back in July, I talked about some of the same stuff. So I didn't want to repeat myself over and over and over and over again. So that's pretty much the way things took place with that. Please tell your friends about Brave the Wild. It'd be greatly appreciated. Really looking forward to the regular season getting started and finding out who makes the roster. Maybe I'll throw in another short show in between now and then. Not sure. Otherwise, the regular season, we'll talk about the young guy guy or guys that did end up making the roster uh, with the first regular season episode. So it's one of the two here. The season starts against St. Louis in, a, in about 13 days. Really excited to see that on the road, though. And I think the Wild can win that game. Absolutely. St. Louis, I think, again, is on the drop-off. And the Wild have had a pretty good history against Jake Allen. So that's the positive uh, really nice to see the Wild change history against the St. Louis Blues of late. And, of course, uh, David Backus is now a member of the Boston Bruins instead of the Blues. So uh, a big loss there, despite the fact they have lots of other talent on that team, especially Vladimir Tarasenko. So with that, we'll put the wraps on this preseason episode, and I want to thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.